0: Today. Give me a few minutes. I want to first of all, I want to thank our first responders. We've got a, and I'm I'm sorry, I don't want to embarrass you at all, but we've got a gal here. Her and her husband have come from Rhode Island um, with the Coast Guard. So we want to give give them a round of applause and thank you so much for your service. Um, I'm a veteran, and I have a special place in my heart for all those that serve. So just welcome and thank you for all that you're doing for our country. Um, I want to th- mention, to our first responders. In Cedarville, um, our rescue workers and our first responders have had a pretty tough week. There was a, a pretty well-known family that, that lost the dad um, just all of a sudden. Um, I don't know if any of you know the Haskies. They own Haskie Post Company in Cedarville. Tom Haskie. Um, massive stroke and passed away. And he's, yeah, he's 51 years old, Um, so way too young. And um, so keep them in prayer. And our first responders that are out there every day protecting our rights as citizens to be safe. You know, Um, when you see them, shake their hand and thank them. Uh, When you see our, our Coast Guard folks and our military folks, shake their hand and thank them. Because I have a right to stand here and say, Jesus Christ is Lord, because they're doing what they do. You know, so it's, it's very, very important. So I'm going to ask you a question, then I'm going to give you the answer. <laughs> Why are we here? I want to, I'm going to say that if you are here, if you come every week, waiting for God to have some great big explosion happen to change your life emphatically, you are missing the boat. This is a time to come and celebrate and get in, in, in the congregation with other believers and, and lift each other up and pray and, and celebrate and worship and get filled up. Why? So that we can face the nasty week. But I'm telling you, if you are waiting for Sunday morning miracles, you're missing six whole other days where God's moving. God is moving in our midst and people are missing it. Because well, on a Sunday, God can't move. God doesn't hear my prayers except on Sunday. Listen, here's the title of the message, and you're going to understand. We've been talking and dealing with issues or matters of the heart. We talked about turning our hearts and, and getting back to our first love, Jesus. We talked about what are we seeking in our heart. It needs to be Jesus. This one is having a heart of a servant. Ooh, this is hard. This is hard. That means because what we've got to do then, we've got to allow the Lord to take and examine us. You say that dangerous prayer, Lord, search me. You say it and he will. And I'm going to tell you, some of you may not like what happens. See, whenever I preach a message, guess who gets to live it before I get to preach it? Search me, O oh Lord. Oh, but don't search that part. I meant everything but this one. Come on, that's an owie one. Leave that alone. You know, you know, like smack hands and get away from that one. No. Here's what it says in Mark chapter 10 and verse 42. But Jesus called them to himself and said to them, You know that those who, consider, those who are considered rulers over the Gentiles lord it over them, and their great ones exercise authority over them. Yet it shall not be so among you, but whoever desires to become great among you shall be your servant." And whoever desires to be first shall be slaves of all. Now, in context, these guys were arguing about, you know, who's going to sit with Jesus? You know, I'm going to be next to Jesus. And he says, for even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom forever. Or f- forever, goodness gracious. I, for many. That word "served," do you know that in, in the Greek, that word is minister? And you know what minister means? Some of you aren't going to like this. To attend to the needs of others. And do you know what keeps us from a heart of a servant? Pride. Now, I don't know. I'm going to get all the way through this. So next week, I'm going to talk about pride. So bring your hard hats, your steel-toed shoes, whatever you need to bring to protect yourself. But here's Here's what happens. I'll give you an example. Many times in my life and in ministry, and and especially since I've been pastor over the last 12 or 13 years, people have come to me and said, Pastor, I am a watchman on the wall. say, oh, great. What are you watching for? Do you know what that means in layman's terms? Pastor, I'm watching what you do, and if I don't like it, I'm going to let you know. That's what that means. You know? Because if you don't go the direction I want you to, because here's what happens if you don't have a heart of a servant, do you know what happens? All of a sudden, a critical spirit starts creeping in. Because all of a sudden, we get critical if it isn't what we want or what we think. When we come to church, it is to minister unto the Lord our worship, our praise, and maybe a handshake, a hug, a smile, a prayer, or something. We need to get the mindset, we are not coming here for us. If we come to give, it shall be given. Now listen, I understand, people come with needs. Do you think God doesn't want to meet your needs? He will meet your needs. But if you've got to wait till Sunday morning to get your needs met, you're missing it. He can meet your needs tomorrow. We've got to have this heart of a servant because what happens is, you, people come in, and they have this mindset, this critical expectation of if it, you know, I don't really like the music today, so you know what? I'm not going to receive anything. Um, you know, I didn't like what the pastor said last time. You know, I, I'm going to give you a statistic. There is a statistic. Um, right now, the suicide rate of ministers is, is risen like 21%. Risen 21%. Do you know the, the latest statistic I saw? And listen, I'm not whining, I'm not complaining. All right. I'm, I'm a little tougher than this. But here, there's thousands of ministers leaving the ministry every year. And they have done the research, and it is based on six people in a congregation. Six people in a congregation are running ministers out of the ministry. Don't be one of the six. Davy. Davine said she kind of had, when we were talking about this, she said, it wasn't a vision from God. She said she saw like six vultures just circling, waiting, man. So I can pounce on that carcass. Because what happens is if we don't have a heart of a servant, then we come looking for us. And that's pride. It's about me, God. It's all about me. For 25 years, it's been about me. Maybe it needs to be about somebody else. So, Jesus, it says, he humbled himself, and he came to what? To serve. I mean, can you imagine? I can't imagine. I'm God. I'm God. But Father says, hey, you're going to go down and become a man. Whoa, 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 do you know who I am? (laughs) I'm Jesus. I'm God. What do you mean, man? And i got to deal with those people? Are you kidding me? I mean... You know, Paul, I understand Paul. Oh, how long am I going to have to stay here, God? It's better to be with you, but you want me here, so I'll stay here. Now, listen, I, I'm not so arrogant to think that oh, I'm so spiritual that, oh, you. Can. But I'll tell you what, there are days that it would be so much easier to be a greeter at Walmart. <laughs> Welcome. Have a blessed day. Welcome to Walmart. I hope your shopping experience is great. You know what? We- Come to the church. I'll be a door greeter in a second. Hey, pray. You got a problem? Go see the pastor. Hallelujah. Thank you. Next. Praise God. No pressure. No nothing. No worries. No concerns. No responsibility. Not one more question to answer. You know, I get tired of making decisions. You know what I'm talking about. If, If anybody here ever owns a business, you understand. You make a thousand decisions a day. There's sometimes I look at my wife and says, please don't ask me anything. I don't want to have to answer one more decision. I don't want to make one more decision today. Not one more. Because I know the minute I make it somebody's going to complain. <laughs> I raised a cup of coffee, a penny, and people went berserk. <laughs> we need to have a heart of a servant. If you have a heart of a servant, it is much more difficult for pride to get in See, many times there'll be things that'll happen in a service. The song service today, ministered to her. And it ministered to you too, didn't it? It did. I saw you. I caught you. (laughs) Praise God. But what if you're sitting here saying, well, that song service didn't do nothing for me. That drummer, (sighs) He's not as good as the other guy, man. What do they think he, they're doing? I know he's the pastor, but, you know, what does he think? He can just be, do anything he wants to do just because he's the pastor. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. More and more. You know? Yeah. And guess what? Maybe it wasn't about you, oh, prideful one. Maybe it was about somebody else, and it's amazing to me, because I'll have people that I'll, man, I'll, I'll preach my little heart out, and people say, well, you know, it was okay. And then somebody else comes, that is exactly what I needed. Thank God that you, I needed to hear that. So Maybe it's not about you. I am spiritually mature enough. You know, we go to conferences and times, and I remember early on in my life, I'd go to a conference and it was, God, please. God, please, you got to give me the word. The preacher's got to come out of the pulpit, give me the word. i got to have a word for me. God, please. And if I didn't get a word from God, then I was like, man, I miss God. I miss God. I miss. I, don't, I go to conferences now just to glean what God's doing. I, yeah, I don't need a specific to come down and say, thus saith the Lord. No, maybe there'll be something in the message of confirmation. I get something in worship. I depend on God but we got to have a heart of a servant because pride, when pride comes, it takes a servant's heart away and it starts being self-focused. And when you start self-focusing, you're just on your way now to, a, to destruction. Now, some of you know Jorge Bardet, George Bardet, a little Argentinian we had here a couple years ago. This guy oversaw 30 or 40 churches in Argentina. He had the president of Argentina's ear. This dude was a spiritual powerhouse, one of the most humble guys that I have ever met. I remember um, we were downstate in a church, and we were organizing a conference, and he was one of the speakers. And he came a day before he was supposed to speak, and, and <clears throat> he'd come in, he'd sneak in the back, and he'd sit in the back. And he came and asked me, a little peon on nobody, I was just organizing things. And he says, you know, is there anything that I can do? And I'm like, well, you know, you're not scheduled. He said, no. Do Do you need somebody to usher? Do you need somebody to greet at the door? Do you need somebody to pray? Absolutely unassuming. wasn't presumptuous. wasn't, hey, you know who I am. So humble. And I watched God do so much through that man because he had such a servant's Heart. All he wanted to do is people's lives to be touched. He didn't care how that happened. And and I'm trying, and and God is still working some things in and out of me. And that that's my heart is I just want people blessed. How it comes, I don't care, as long as it's God. <laughs> Let me clear that up. You know, you know, I'd be really blessed. With this man's wife. No, sorry. Not God. See, we need to get the heart of a servant. It says in 1 Corinthians 9, 19, For though I am free from all men, I have made myself a servant to all, that I might win the more. And to the Jews I became a Jew, that I might win Jews. To those who are under the law is under the law, that I might win those who are under the law. To those who are without law, as without law, not being without law toward God, but under law toward Christ, that I might win those who are without law. To the weak I became weak, that I might win the weak. I have become all things to all men, that I might by all means save some. Now this I do for the gospel's sake, that I may be a partaker in it with you. Let me clear something up. He is not saying, go be a sinner to win sinners. You get that cleared up, you know? I don't have to become an alcoholic to minister to an alcoholic. I don't have to be a drug addict to minister to drug addicts. I don't have to do those things. What he is saying by, I become all things to all men, I understand with wisdom and understanding from the Holy Spirit where people are at in their life, in the culture, in those things, and I minister to them where they are at, at their level, to win some to Christ. Always bringing the Word of God with you, but understanding that they're... You have to minister sometimes different ways to different people. And i said this before. If somebody is having marriage problems, bringing, hey, I'm going to give you a teaching on tongues and interpretations, is not going to help their marriage. Be all things to all men. At that time, I am going to minister the marriage counseling. If it's tongues and interpretation, on that day, I'm going to minister that. Although, you know, if you're filled with the Holy Ghost, it would help you. Um, just saying that. It, it would help you a ton. Uh, because you get some spiritual insight, you know, and, and again, I don't know, and this is kind of tongue-in-cheek for me, but I had a pastor told me, he says, as far as counseling goes, anybody that comes in and has a problem, you say, you go home and fast and pray for three days. If you still have a problem, come see me. But, but, but wait, well, what? Yeah but, yeah, yeah, but, yeah, but you're the pastor. Yes, I am, and I have a responsibility, but I'm not God. And I tell you what, if God speaks to you, whew, that's a whole lot better than the pastor talking to you. Can he talked to me, talk to you through me, sure. You can, he can talk to me through you. And he has in a lot of cases. But if we have a heart of a servant, it doesn't matter what we're doing, where we're at how God wants to use us or doesn't want to use us, like I said, if God tomorrow said, you know what, you are done pastoring here, you're done in the pulpit, and then I want you to just go greet at the door, this or that, I'd be the happiest dude on the planet. I don't care. I do not care. I don't care. I just want to serve and see people's lives changed. And that's we've got to have that kind of a heart because if we don't have that kind of a heart, then what happens is we come in to the church with a preconceived idea of how things it should be and what it ought to be and what it better be and if not I'm going to be critical. And we got enough of that going on in the body of Christ. I mean for for the love of God the Bible says they will know us by our love for each other. What's the world see? Not that. No, 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 no. Because what we like to have is this thing we call one upmanship. Yeah. If I can get something on you, I got you. Now I can bring you down and I can be somebody. Yeah. Yeah. The spirit of the Antichrist is what you can be. Now I'm not, I'm not, listen, I understand what I'm saying. That's I'm not saying that we're just gonna look at unrighteousness and unholiness, but but what are you looking for? You know, it's amazing to me. I've got a daughter and a son. Man, are they completely different animals and how you got to deal with them. I mean, it just is. My son, you know, I understand boys because I'm a man. I understand how to, I understood how to raise a man. Girl, I'm like, I'm like, help me, Jesus. <laughs> Not that she's bad or anything like that. But here's the thing: I can say a hundred beautiful, positive things to her. And I say one negative thing. What does she grab a hold of? The one negative thing that I said, and she's a wreck. And I'm like, but, 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 I don't get it. It's amazing to me. So I just don't talk a lot, which is a miracle. Because I've just learned it. I bought a Mercedes. Okay, how do I put this? And she'd receive this and understand this and take this in the right, right heart in the right manner, and you know, and honey, deal with this. <laughs> but see, if you have a heart of a servant, listen, I truly believe this. If you have a heart of a servant, it is so much harder to judge people. Now, listen, I understand. We, we need to inspect fruit. We need to know fruit. We need to see fruit. We understand. You know, and when you're talking about this fruit, they're talking about false prophets. You know them by their fruit. But if we have a heart of a servant, I am a whole lot less quick to judge someone. Because, and, and I'm, I'll just confess this, early on in my Christianity, man, I was so on fire for God. I was so excited about God. And if you weren't like me, you were wrong, you heathen, backslidden person. You're going to hell, I know it. because You're not like me. Because I'm righteous and holy. Watch me. Whew. You can see how far God has had to slam me around to get me where I'm at now. I was an expert at raising children. I could tell you how to raise them, what to do with them, how to do with them, what they look like, what they ought to look like, how they should dress, how they should act, until I had one. <laughs> Forgive me for my ignorance. So, what do I do now? I just shut my mouth and say, I'm praying for you. <laughs> I'm praying for you. I'm standing with you. Yeah, there's some biblical things we can do, but I'm praying with you. Not, I'm tearing you down because your kid's being a knothead right now. And, by God, there's something wrong with you. I found out one thing, man. Kids are kids. Sometimes kids do dumb things. But they take after their parents, so. Because <laughs> we do dumb things, too. I, You know... I look back, and I wish there were some things I'd have done differently. You know, but you just don't know. You do the best you can, and that's the part as a heart of a servant. I look at families. I look at your family, and I'm praying for you. Give them wisdom. God, strengthen them. Encourage them. You know, because you're going up a hill. You got two kids. Things aren't going well, and your truck cuts out. God, I'm praying for you because you need wisdom. You need patience. Yeah. Any, anybody understands has kids, they understand this whole patience thing. God gave us, sometimes I think God gave us children to teach us long-suffering. And I mean, and our children are blessings. They truly are. Love them dearly. But they, they bring challenges. Guess what? When you have children, guess what? Your life now is not your own. Do you know it's no different when you get saved? Your life is not your own anymore. But that's what many people make it about. It's still about me. It's 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 about me. me. And if you haven't gone forward in 25 years, maybe you need to take a look at some of this stuff. Maybe it needs to be about someone else. Because you know what? I can't get any more born again than I am. Now, I can walk a little better I can be a little more strong. I can have a little bit more faith. There's some things that God's going to do in me and continue to strengthen in me, but I can't get any more saved. So guess what? It's not about me anymore. It's about the new family that just moved from Rhode Island, (laughs) making them welcome. Let them know, hey, you got a church family, whether this is your home or not. We love you. We're praying for you. We're always going to pray for you. I want everybody in Sault St. Marie. Well... (laughs) I want the ones called from Sault Ste. Marie that's supposed to be here to be here. Because it means, I want them all here. Oh, my goodness gracious. I got an excedrin headache all of a sudden just thinking about that. (laughs) Ministry equals people. People are people. I'll just leave it at that. I'll just leave it at that. See, it says in Philippians 2, therefore, if there's any consolation in Christ, if any of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and mercy, fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord and of one mind. That doesn't mean we're always going to agree. That doesn't mean if we don't agree on absolutely everything, out you go. No, we agree on Jesus Christ and Him crucified. We'll stop. That's good right there. We'll start. That's a good start. Yep. And so it says, "Let nothing be done now, listen through selfish ambition or conceit." Well, if I just rub elbows with Jamie long enough, I know he's going to let me sing. <laughs> <laughs> I can't carry a tune in a bucket, but I belong up there. Sort of the happy birthday song. Yeah. Yeah. You'll start with a happy birthday song, and we'll go from there. That's selfish ambition or conceit. I have done all these things. I am such a great example. (laughs) I got born again, and I said, God, you got a good thing. You got me. I mean, I got a big mouth. I got a little bit of boldness. I think I'm pretty handsome. My wife shudders every time I say that. She says, you can't say that to people. I said, well, I'm joking. They get it. They don't get it. So she does. So she goes home just like, oh, I can't. You did it again. You're telling everybody how handsome you are. La 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 la. And la 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 in la. your pride. God's still working on the conceit part. That's right. Praise God. Preach it, brother. That's The truth is the truth, whether you like it or not. I think I'll stand on that one. Hallelujah. But look at this. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind let each esteem others better than themselves. Wow. I can, I can, I can do that. A servant's heart can do that. I can see things in people and say, you know what? Hey, I, I can esteem you. I don't have to be in charge of everything all the time. I've got responsibilities that I'm accountable for, and I have to make decisions, but man. You know, when I was with another church, I worked construction. Can't say I was a good carpenter, but I worked construction for a guy that was in our congregation. I was the elder in our congregation, but on the job, he was the boss. And I submitted fully to him on the job. We taught God and spiritual things, and and I could pour into him right on the job. But when it came to that job, it was, yes, sir. What do you want me to do? How do you want me to do it? Without complaining or griping and saying, bless God, I'm worth more money than you're paying me. I was so thankful to have a doggone job. We were starving to death. Yeah, I was like, I, yeah, I, was, I mean, I was, thank God that a brother in the Lord said, hey, you know, I can give you something to do and i worked hard i'll tell you what carpenters work hard they work hard it's not easy let us let each of us look out not only for his own interests but the interests of others how do you do that your interest with your husband that's our interest we're praying your interest with your truck that's our interest we're praying your life is a coastie. We're praying. Your interest is our interest. Your interest with the worship team. That's our interest. Your businesses, your interests are our interests. And we're praying. Those, not, huh, bless God, Melports. I'm going to tell you what. If, if that's your attitude concerning anybody in here, not just these people, stay away from me. You might get a spiritual king and kicking, spinning roundhouse to the temple. I don't want to hear it. Take your critical spirit and move on down the road. The first church of the critical spirit is down the highway somewhere, but it is not allowed to be here. If you have a heart of a servant, you can't get critical. Well, you, but the enemy works. Oh, he works. Oh, he works. I remember. Five years ago when so and so-and-so did such-and-such, such, you're still living five years ago? Yeah. I can't keep track of five minutes ago. If you're hanging on to that, oh, prideful one, repent. And that was, a, that was a prophetic word for somebody here today. I know that by the Spirit of God. So if that's you, you don't have to jump up and say it with me. Just repent. And guess what? You know how free you can be of that? I don't hold anything. There has been people in the ministry that have done us absolutely, unequivocally wrong. Spiritually, biblically, and every other way. I release them, Lord. You deal with them. They are not going to hinder me from going forward. Not happening. If they don't want to repent, their pride will cause them to fall. It isn't going to snare me. Because it says in Proverbs 16, pride goes before destruction. You know, because we say pride goes, pride cometh before the fall. It doesn't say fall there. It says destruction. Anybody, you guys, construction, it's construction again. Have you ever seen something destroyed? I mean, destruction where you are tearing something down? You know, I'm tearing this whole wall down to rebuild it, or I've got to tear this whole section. I mean, it, there's nothing left. It's destroyed. You want destruction in your life? Go ahead and let that pride hang around. Get a heart of a servant, pride doesn't stand much of a chance. Because when I want to see you blessed, and 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 I want to see, see you blessed, it is so hard to say, well, wow, bless God. I see, you know, and then there's some people that just wait around, you know, until something happens. Bless God, they got exactly what they deserve. You better be careful that you don't get what you deserve. Because what we all deserve, let me let me use really poor English, so English teachers, close your ears. Taint pretty. Taint pretty. I know I get English professors here going, I'm going to see you after church, buddy. <laughs> Forgive me. See, problems of pride causes all kinds of problems. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to close with this story about pride. I was in the military stationed in Germany, in Berlin. And you could take a bus and a tour, and it wasn't too far to get to Spain. We go to the ocean in Spain, and see me and some of my buddies. And in Spain, where I was at, I couldn't even tell you what ocean I was in, but it, was, it wasn't sandy beaches. They had, like, real fine stones. But they were real smooth, so it wasn't that it was going to cut you or jagging. And, and they had like three and four-foot rollers. They were pretty big waves, you know. And there was probably five, 600 people on the beach, you know. And of course, Americans, America, everybody knows Americans as soon as they see them. We stood out, you know, I don't know how, but they just know, gringos, you know. Um, and so there me and a couple of buddies, and, and it's hot. I mean, it's Africa hot. It's, it's 95, 100 degrees, and it's humid. And I'm thinking, hey. I'm going to go jump in the ocean. Nobody else is in the ocean. I don't know why. Didn't care. You know, I don't know, I don't know if it's shark, shark infested. I didn't know. I'm. Bless God, I'm a military guy. I am afraid of nothing. So I thought, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to pull a Hawaii 5 I'm going to go in, I'm gonna, and I'm going to jump through the wave. Boom. I'm going to pop up on the other side and, you know, swim out. Well, I get running out there. I dive into the wave. It throws me straight to the bottom. Bam. And I mean, I... All of a sudden it rolls me up on the beach, man. I mean, I just arms and legs flopping everywhere up on the beach and, and I got rocks in my swimming shorts and I'm How do you cool your way back to the to your blanket, you know? I'm the only one in the water. Six hundred people looking at the look at the America, he's got rocks rock shorts. How do you cool your way back to your blanket? Just pride, I'm gonna go in that well guess what? I saw, I was I jumped into that wave and it had I was it was crazy. I didn't know which end was up until I, I finally am out there and I'm cry, I'm crawling through these rocks and you know and then people in you know they're talking I knew they were talking and pointing I didn't know what they were saying, but I can interpret pretty good. Stupid American Pride just about killed me. <laughs> I just about drowned in Spain because, bless God, I'm an American. I'm going to jump through that. I've seen it on TV. Jump through the wave and pop up on the other side. <laughs> no. Nah, I didn't get off my blanket the rest of the day. <laughs> Praise God. Pride causes destruction. But the heart of a servant... Man, that causes you to want to serve people. And I'll, I'll tell you what I'm seeing in this body right here. I'm seeing people starting to catch that. I Really, I am. I don't want it to all be, you know, negative Nelly. Those are some things that God is trying to open up our hearts and show us some things and deal with some things in our lives. But I want to encourage you. I'm seeing God doing some great things here. I'm seeing some hearts being healed. I'm seeing some hearts being made whole. I'm seeing God activate lives. I'm seeing great things happening, and there's more to come. But if we don't get this right, then we're building on the wrong foundation. We'll have to start again, and we don't we don't have the time for a do-over. We don't have time. I don't know when Jesus is coming, but I know he's coming, and I'm looking at the signs of the time, and it is nuts old crazy out there, I mean, for goodness gracious, the things, I, you know, you better not mention a, the president's name in a restaurant, you might get tossed out, I know one place you can go, you can go to Big B Coffee, and you can say his name all you want, yeah, that's a shameless plug for her business, but that's okay, we love her, praise God, uh, yeah, well, exactly, yeah. But you know, it's interesting to me, because a lot of times, people that have their own businesses, some of you that do, you understand servanthood a whole lot better than most. But we need to make sure that we as Christians have the heart of a servant, because that keeps a lot of pride at bay, that keeps contentions at bay, that keeps the critical spirit at bay. Doesn't mean it doesn't try, because I'm going to tell you something. If you want to find a reason to be critical with me as the pastor or my family, we're easy. <laughs> it's easy, because man, we make mistakes. I, I probably not knowing or maybe knowing. I don't I probably made mistakes right here as the pastor. My wife makes mistakes. My kids make mistakes. But you know, it's interesting. I deal with a lot of people and a lot of family issues and a lot of this and a lot of that, and we always try to have a heart of compassion and understanding and stand with them no matter what it looks like or how disastrous, how evil we think that it is. But it's amazing to me how, as pastors, most of the time we do not get the same consideration. Not that I'm whining, not that I'm complaining, because I'm here until the Lord says, don't be here. So it's not like six people are going to run me off. You know, the Lord willing, and, and we know that's his will right now. Some of you may be disappointed by that. But but I would just want to tell you, I want to encourage you. Get this heart, and you watch and see what God will and can do, not even not with you and through you, and what a body of Christ looks like. That begins to, you know what? Can we, like my daughter? I could say a hundred positive things. She picks up on the one negative thing that I say. Why is it the body? Of Christ is the same thing. This person has helped me, helped me, helped me, helped me, helped me. If they said one thing wrong, done with them, out, finished. <laughs> Come on. I'm looking. I'm looking. I'm looking at. I'm looking at all the right notes you hit today. They didn't hit any clinkers that I know of, but they hit a whole bunch of good ones. God, a critical spirit looks for the one thing. You know, you kept us six minutes past time to get out of here. Some of, you know, and I appreciate that. Go ahead. You're, um, you're cutting me off. I know, I know. Um, Joyce Myers, we'll head, and I wrote later. this down, and I write it. I have a planner, and I write it, I rewrite it each month. Love beyond what's expected, so that just kind of encapsulates Amen. that. And you know, and, and you were saying you have all these wonderful things you say, and then you have a bad day, and something else comes out. You want to be loved through it, and and uh, anyways. And I'm and I'm not, listen. I'm not excusing gross sin and all that, but can we love the sinner? Do you know that we've got a we've got a body full of people here that aren't perfected, and they're not perfect. And they, they say wrong things, and sometimes they do wrong things. And Can we love them and, and, and encourage them through that? Now, if they're just saying, hey, I don't want anything to do with Jesus. I'm done with you. Here's my thing. We'll minister to people as long as they'll allow us to. And they say, okay, that's their choice. Nothing we can do about that. But the people I see in here, man, we need to encourage one another. Pray for one another. encourage. I'm trying to stop. I am. But I think this is important. When we're dealing with each other, if there's something that somebody says that you don't understand or you get, quote, quote, offended by, go to them and ask them to clarify. What exactly did you mean? Or you can, you even have the right to say, you know what, that really bothered me when you said that. Can you clarify? And guess what? You can agree to disagree with them and still get along. Because we had a disagreement doesn't mean I have to hate you. You're on one side, I'm on the other. Now, man, I love this family. We may not always agree on everything. And that's okay. But here's what happens. He'll say something to me, and I say, oh, oh, okay. And I go home, and I start chewing on it. The enemy adds to it. And then pretty soon it's like, man, I'm offended by what they said. I can't believe that. And a lot of times, you didn't really hear correctly what they were trying to say or get the heart of it. So go to them and say, what were you trying to tell me? And that really bothered me what you said and how you said it. Give him an opportunity to repent instead of walking away saying, well. Because guess what you do? You bring that into the body with you and don't think I don't feel it. Remember about a month ago I told you there's this underlying thing. It's better, but it ain't gone yet, but it needs to be gone and it's going. Going, going, gone. It's going to be gone. Because one thing I've always said, and I am closing with it honestly, Either the spirit's leaving or the person with the spirit's leaving. But something's leaving. Because we need to have a place of peace in servants' hearts. Amen? All right. Thanks for staying overtime. God bless you. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for this opportunity. Help us all to have servants' hearts, to love each other. Lord, even...